0: Here, the word of the Lord is found in the gospel according to Mark, chapter 1. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray.
1: Loving God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your word to us this day in Jesus Christ. And we invite your spirit to be our spirit here, to be our teacher here. And I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, and most importantly, our response to your word might be acceptable in your sight. For we confess that you alone are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. David H.C. Reed was the guest preacher at the cathedral in St. Giles in Edinburgh, and his sermon fell, well, rather flat. And after the service he asked the head usher what they call the beetle over there. He said, "What what went wrong?" And the usher said, "Well, actually three things. First of all, you read your sermon, and we don't want to read our sermons here in St. Giles. And secondly, well, you didn't read it very well. <laughs> and finally, it wasn't really a sermon worth reading at all, was it?" <laughs> Well, friends, I may read my sermon, and I'll try to read it well, but I hope it's, worth, hope it's worth hearing on this very august occasion. First of all, I bring you warm greetings from the First Presbyterian Church in New Canaan, Connecticut, where I serve as one of the pastors there. Uh, we're actually a sister church because the session and deacons send their greetings, but also because our business administrator, Jim Real, and his wife, Denise, were married right here uh, many years ago, and they send their greetings. When they heard I was coming out here, they were just very excited that I was able to worship with this wonderful congregation. I also am deeply grateful to John and um, the session here, as well as the presbytery for the hospitality, it's wonderful um, for allowing me the privilege to be a part of the installation commission to install the Reverend John Wasson as your next senior pastor. Finding and welcoming a new senior pastor, of course, is not an easy task, and I understand that it was a It was a bit of an ordeal to to get to this place. Um, It's like what Goethe once quipped, love is an ideal thing and marriage is a real thing and a confusion of the two never goes unpunished. (laughs) You have to get to know one another, right? And learn to love one another. So I'm here to encourage you both that this new relation between you and John uh, will be fruitful, will be joyful for many years to come. I invite you to reflect with me on today's lectionary gospel text. We all need a teacher who has authority, a new teaching perhaps, but not just any authority, not just any new teaching. We need a teacher who has the authority to liberate us and to give us new life. I love the story of Max Dupree. Uh, He tells the story about the premature birth of his grandchild, the nurse in the neo-unit of the hospital where their grandchild was in an incubator for the first weeks of his life, told uh, Max that you have to spend time uh, getting to know this grandchild. And what you want to do is stick your hand in the incubator, you know, those little holes where you can stick your hand and gently uh, just just rub the, the child's back. But here's the important thing. Whenever you do touch the child, you also want to speak tenderly to that child so that the child connects your word and your touch. It's the connection with your voice and touch that is so important to that newborn child. That's powerful. You must speak to the child as you're touching it so that the baby connects your voice and your touch. Isn't that the challenge of the church today? We have to learn to connect again our speech and our touch. The world needs desperately to see that there is integrity between what we say And what we do between our words and our actions. In fact, John, I would argue your main task here, your main calling during your ministry here at First Presbyterian Church in Lake Forest is to simply give a credible witness to the gospel. Our text today is important because at the very opening of Mark's gospel, we see Jesus establishing from the very beginning of his ministry an apparent integrity with what he says and what he does. I say apparently because in our lesson about Jesus' new authority as a teacher, there's actually no record of what he said. Did you notice that? Is Silo- we don't know what this new teaching is all about, actually. What people remembered though, is what Jesus did. A man barges into the synagogue screaming, what have, you, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. Jesus rebukes the spirit within the man, that strange spirit that knew more about Jesus than probably anyone else there, and the man was healed. And people were astonished. They were amazed, saying, what's this? A new teaching, and with authority, even the unclean spirits obey him. Mark does not tell us what Jesus taught, but rather how Jesus taught. With authority, authority over the spirits that torment us, authority over life and death, authority over good and evil. Elsewhere, Jesus would refer to himself as the strong son of God who enters into the world to battle and to bind Satan. Jesus is the powerful teacher whose teaching is not only in words but in deeds. With AI, artificial intelligence, taking over the world, the new word out there, of course, is authenticity. To be and not to seem. So be real, John. You don't need me to tell you that. You are real. May you be and not just seem to be a teaching elder with authority in this congregation. Of course, our authority is not our own. Our job as pastors is to point to the one who has been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Our job as pastors is merely to point to how the traces of God's grace and love are woven into our lives and our life together as a congregation. Carl Barth, one of my favorite theologians, who you knew I had to quote if I'm coming to, to preach here, he had the picture of the Isenheim altarpiece over his desk in Basel for decades. It's a painting by Matthias Grunewald of the crucifixion, and you can see it if you're ever over there in France in Colmar. The, the, the Colmar Museum has has this triptych, and in the centerpiece is this Isenheim altarpiece depiction of Christ on the cross. It's a rather gruesome scene, actually. What's interesting is that there are two Marys and, and John, the younger disciple, looking on, but then also there's John the Baptist. Have you guys seen this? It's, it's amazing, uh, really. He's, of course, John the Baptist, with his head on, isn't supposed to be there uh, anyway, and he's pointing at, at Christ. And Karl Barth said, "The church's task, the church's calling, is to be nothing more and nothing less than the long bony finger of John pointing to him who has done for us that which we could not do for ourselves." I have that same picture over my desk. Maybe I'll send you one, John. But that's that's the purpose, the calling of both. Us as pastors and us as congregations who are to give witness to the gospel in the world. That's our job. You don't need me to tell you that we live in a time when we need to hear good news. American pastors, says Eugene Peterson, are abandoning their posts at an alarming rate. They are not leaving their churches and getting other jobs as much as they have become, Eugene Peterson says, a company of shopkeepers. And the shops they keep are churches. Peterson calls pastors back to three basic disciplines critical to the pastoral ministry that determine the shape of everything else. The disciplines are prayer, reading scripture, and spiritual direction, giving wise counsel. The disciplines are worked out in three dimensions, if you will, in the personal life of the pastor, the community of faith, and in the community relationships out there in the world only by being attentive to these three disciplines says peterson can pastors fulfill their primary responsibility of keeping the church attentive to god these are the primary tasks for john to pray to read scripture to give spiritual direction so that you all will pay attention to what god is calling you to be and do as a church your job church is to let john actually do that in fact I would say to hold him accountable for those responsibilities so that he will engage what Peterson also said is a long obedience in the same direction. Help him and Abby and their two wonderful sons stay healthy so that he can major in the majors of prayer, reading scripture and giving spiritual direction and equipping you to be the long bony finger of John. John. We live in interesting times, but the gospel is as relevant today as it's always been. Whether it's political division, have, have you heard about that here in Chicago? I don't know. It's big in New York City anyway. Uh, whether it's political division or gun violence or bigotry or racism or the plague of suicide in our country or the cynical international politics being pla- you know the, the long list, the litany of concerns on our hearts. There is much in our world and in our lives that seems out of kilter. It's chaotic. It's frighteningly inexplicable. As chaotic, perhaps, and confused as that poor demented man who charged into the synagogue that day screaming in Capernaum. But Jesus healed that man. Jesus silenced the raging spirits, taught the wondering congregation about the authority of God's love, the healing love of Christ. Even with his power, Jesus did not choose to destroy that man, but rather to heal him, to restore and make him whole again. I think that's one of the reasons why you called John to be your preacher here, even if you didn't know that was why you called him to be your preacher here. You are looking for answers to big questions, searching for reasons why, groping for some discernible pattern in the confusion of life, a silence from the tormenting voices within. We're daily bombarded on our little devices with so much information, with facts and figures. We don't need any more information. We need to see the larger picture, some more reliable pattern. John is a serious thinker, as you know already, and John is a serious follower of Jesus. And he is here to point you to the one who comes with healing power, and restorative love larger than our own. So as you go down the road of this marriage together, some of you are going to want to talk about having a successful ministry here at First Presbyterian Church of Lake Forest, I'm sure. Uh, As some of you will think, the best metrics are what we in the trade call the ABCs, right? The attendance, the building, and the cash. I met Bob Price. Uh, Where's Bob? He's, He's in charge of the building. Pray for Bob. This is amazing facility you have here and a lot of work to keep that up but we all know the abcs are important but if you read the gospels if you read through the sayings and the teachings of jesus jesus never once talked about any of that as a measure of the kingdom of god you've all heard as i said the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing and love of course is the main thing if you can figure out a metric for love that should be your your measure of success going forward love for God, love for one another, love for your neighbors, even your enemies, that when you leave here every Sunday morning, you land somehow very differently in your world on Monday morning. You land a more loving, compassionate person. That's what Jesus taught us all to focus on. Jesus used words He used actions, miracles, a lot of visual aids, even contorting his body to transform a cross, the means and symbol of the world's cruelest rejection and hatred, into a means and a symbol of God's infinite grace, forgiveness, love, the power of life, even over death. So friends, that's the reading of the sermon for today. I hope it's not a new teaching for you. And I will be praying for you. I pray for you now as you grow together into this new pastoral relationship that in all you say and do together, the ideal of God's love would match the reality of your touch. That the First Presbyterian Church of Lake Forest would go forward with the authority of God's love at work in and through you. That you would experience the power, the miracle of God's love to liberate and give you new life and empower you to work for a better life and a fairer world for all people. And now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever.
0: Amen.